Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Is one of the reasons why you're interested in starting a private practice to spend more time with your family? Well, that was true for Carmen Glasgow. In this episode, she shares her story of how she works three days a week in her private practice so that she can spend more time with her two-year-old daughter. This episode was incredibly inspiring as someone who has truly found balance. Enjoy. All right. So if you could start by sharing your name, your location, and the name of your private practice. Sure. Um, My name is Carmen Glasgow, and my practice is called Engaged Speech and Language Therapy. And I'm located in Renton, which is about 30 minutes south of Seattle, Washington. Fabulous. Well, I am so excited to have you for the interview. I like to talk to people like all across the country. And, you know, you're in Seattle or close to Seattle and I'm in Boston. So like we basically couldn't be further apart geographically within the United States. So I'm just so happy to have you here. Well, thank you for having me. Awesome. So let's kind of start at the beginning, maybe even like before you had your private practice. Tell us a little bit about your early career as a speech pathologist. Sure. So um, I graduated um, in, let's see, in 2009. And my first job was at a private um, pediatric clinic that specialized in serving kids with autism. And it was really hard work, but it was really fun. And I met um, some really amazing coworkers that I'm still really good friends with. So that was great. The work-life balance was not so great though. So I ended up um, looking for a new job. I think I started my second job about two years later, which was at a nonprofit. And I loved everything about that job. And I actually worked there until I ended up going full time with my own private practice. So I think something kind of unique about my journey is that I didn't seek out my own practice um, because I was dissatisfied with my job. I loved my job. I loved the community. I learned so much. I would work, you know, side by side with um, occupational therapists and physical therapists. And I really think that that shaped me into the therapist that I am today. So I'm so, so grateful for that opportunity. Um, And it was really hard to say goodbye. (laughs) Well, it sounds like you have nice relationships still with those people. Yes, yes. And that's kind of what got me um, into starting my own private practice. I had um, kind of a core group of friends that were all speech therapists. And um, they were working at a, another early intervention clinic and they were starting to see some kids like on the weekends and um, like on nights just kind of as a supplement to their income. And they were telling me about it and wasn't really popular at the work at the place that I worked at. And so it was kind of a new concept um, for me. And they kept, you know, saying, oh, you should try it. It's really fun. And um, 
I actually have had uh, clients ask me about you know, doing additional sessions or seeing their kiddo at home. So it's always kind of something I was thinking about. I don't even know how it started, but this group of speech therapists we started meeting, it kind of started with like long breakfasts and we would kind of just talk about, you know, what people were like their private quote unquote private practice. This was before anyone even had a business name. Like they were pretty bones and you guys were having like business brunches yeah basically yeah at first I felt like what am I doing here I know nothing of about like getting started or anything and we were all just kind of figuring it out together and so it was this process and we all were kind of at a different pace with it like I said I was just kind of getting curious about the idea and so I started meeting I think that was let's see maybe like in the fall of 2016 we started doing these monthly meetings and some of those friends were starting to see more kids. They um, were then, you know, kind of going back to part-time at their primary job. And I was mostly just kind of like getting started, like with like thinking about what I would want things to look like. And um, yeah, and just also just listening a lot to kind of where they were at and asking questions and that sort of thing. The great thing about about that is we always set goals. So like we would talk about like what thing we want to work on this month and then we would have to kind of report back to the group. So it was a good way to create some accountability, right? Because it's hard when you're working. I mean, I still had a full-time job. Um, so yeah, and then I ended up uh, finding out I was pregnant with my first kiddo. And so, you know, I kind of was like, is this the right time? Maybe I should just wait until I have a baby and then I can work on it later. And kind of at that same time, I had a family ask me, to see them. And so first I reported back to the group and I'm like, what do you guys think I should do? I had, I mean, I didn't have any of my documents set up. I kind of was a hot mess. They're like, you should just do it. Like just get going. Like this will get you motivated to get all of that stuff done. So I did it. I said yes. And I told my boss at the place that I was working that starting to see families on the side, they were totally fine with it. Like I said, it was just such an amazing supportive place to work. So, um, so yeah, so I remember like scheduling my first kiddo for two weeks out and like prepping documents the night before and just being like, oh, how do I charge them for things? Like, but it was good because it just forced me to get going and like make it a reality. So, well, that's always exciting too. When those opportunities come by, it seems like, like the universe was kind of telling you something, right? Like going to these breakfast meetings with these friends who it sounds like we're like a little bit further along than mm-hmm. you were in terms of getting their ducks in a row, but also just about like how they were thinking about it, right? Yeah, yeah. But had you not been exposed to them and yeah. had them kind of like be leading you in, in a vision of what could be, right? When 100%, other yeah. parents asked you, you probably would have said no. Yeah, no, I would have. I would have been scared. I would have said it's not the right time. I'll just wait. And honestly, I don't know that I would have ended up doing it because then I had a baby and real life happened. Yeah. Holy moly. So <laughs> um yeah I don't I don't really know how I would have done that. And and like I said, because my job was comfortable and nice place to go back. Like yeah, I just it was a perfect way to get going with that for sure. So I feel very, very grateful to have had that. Yeah. So what was the timing of you 
having your baby and starting your private practice. Yeah. So I ended up seeing that one kiddo and it remained at one kiddo, which was perfect. Um, while I was becoming more and more pregnant and mobile. So I would just see that, um, that child at their house, like after work or whatever. Um, and then I had my, um, baby in September. So I took a maternity leave until January. And then I went back to my old job. The original plan was I was going to go back two days per week and I was going to work on building my private caseload the other days per week. Um, and then I ended up starting out just one day per week and I never ended up increasing. So I got more clients. Um, and then this, this whole time too, I was, you know, building my website, but I didn't really have any of that established for my first kiddo. Um, so it definitely was putting in pretty full days, even though I was, I was just seeing a handful of kids at this time. So within two months, you know, being back from maternity leave and, and working at my um, old employer, I kind of knew like I had a decision to make. I, I just was feeling very scattered with life, like having an, you know, a newborn and working on my business and then having my old job. I knew I needed to either like make a decision one way or another. I didn't, I didn't think splitting was fair to anybody. So I ended up telling my employer, you know, I don't think I'm going to increase days. And actually I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to try this private thing full time. So I think I only ended up working at both places for about three months. And then I was a hundred percent working on my private practice and just, it was, it's really crazy to look back on it because I, I really don't know how I got through it because I was working really full days and I would say yes to any client. I was driving all over. Traffic here is terrible. So when I have a family, they live like an hour away. And I was saying, yes, sure. Because I just never knew like, is that phone going to ring again? So any client was like a client for me. Um, and that was the other really great thing about that group is we all kind of uh, lived in different geographic areas. So we were really girl sources for each other. So we would get a call for a kid and they weren't in our area or, you know, I, maybe I got a call. I didn't take insurance at that time. So I'd refer him to another person in the group that took insurance, that sort of thing. So that was really nice, but I was, it was pretty crazy for a while. And then I just slowly got more calls and I became more picky and and I started saying no, which felt really, really good um, and kind of uh, narrowed in, you know, how many days I was working and then where I was traveling. So, so yeah. And then from there, um, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. I just, it, it was in survival mode for a long time, but then I got into a really good place and I uh, was doing home visits and seeing really about 12 kids a week, but I was, you know, still had a young baby at home and I was bumping on the road. <laughs> really fun. Yeah. Being a new mom. Um, I was documenting in between sessions and I, I, st I still was feeling like kind of questioning, was this the right move? Because I still felt so scattered. I would get home at night, put my baby to bed, unload my car. So it was like great because it was low, um, you know, overhead initially, but I kind of knew pretty quickly that doing home visits forever wasn't going to be good for me. I know a lot of people that do it, that love it, it just was not feeling like a good balance for me. It's so then to start though, right? You mentioned the low overhead. Yes. And yeah. In the beginning, I think a lot of people do just what you said, right? You say yes to yes. anyone because you are scared. Like, what if this is the last, like this whole mm -hmm. thing rise up after I have three people, right? Which is like not how it works. <laughs> but right. It's yeah. Like that. Yeah, of course. Cause yeah, you just question everything. I think kind of at that point. Um, yeah. And so starting with, you know, home visits was, was good for me, but yeah, like I said, I just, I knew it wasn't sustainable for me. And also in this, 
uh, kind of during this point of time when I was kind of traveling everywhere, I also started getting credentials with insurance. So that was like a whole nother layer. So I was busy. I mean, I was working more hours <laughs> than I definitely than I wanted to, but kind of my whole goal of going private was working, eventually working less hours, like being able to work less hours. I can be home more. And so I knew I needed initially to put that sacrifice in and um, has eventually paid off, but it was, I mean, it was hard there for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially when you're building a business from scratch, right? Yes. I, I don't think yeah. that we give each other or give ourselves rather enough credit for literally creating something out of nothing. Well, yeah. And every, every step along the way, it was a learning process. Googling, how do I pay quarterly taxes? Like emailing my group of um, speech therapists. Ah, did you get this letter in the mail from the insurance company? Crying about every letter in the mail from an insurance company was like, this is it. This is the time I'm getting shut down or anything from like um, Washington state. This is the, oh, oh gosh, don't open that letter. Like I was just always waiting. And then you me. open it. It's just like your water bill or something. Oh yeah. Like, it was just ridiculous, but I was just questioning this so much because it was, it's so foreign. I mean, we're not, I didn't get a business degree. I'm not savvy with my finances. Like I'm definitely someone that just has a never had, I guess, a, a good comprehension of that. So everything was like was a learning process for me so yes it was a lot it, it's a lot but it's it's also just so nice I love that you keep mentioning to this group of SLPs that you uh -huh. were, that were you know your own early support system yes. right and and how integral that was for all of you to have had that support and and also you mentioned the accountability piece of just yeah. you know continuing to keep going right yeah just the encouragement of like it's okay I went through this too and it's okay if you get a denial from an insurance company you can just resubmit it. It's okay. Yeah. And yeah. So just, yeah, being able to, to know that someone had a similar experience was really comforting for me for sure. For sure. Okay. So you, you, you have your baby, baby's at home. Mm -hmm. You're still driving yeah. all over creation. Mad woman. Um, yes. But starting to say no, <laughs> starting to get a little bit here and saying yes. no, starting to be credentialed with insurance companies. Mm -hmm. Um, about when was this about? Yeah. So when I, start getting into my group of things so probably in the I would say maybe the late late fall of like 2018 I was feeling a little bit better about life I had narrowed it down to three days a week of seeing patients directly but with doing home visits so much of your admin time is eaten up just by driving um because I still I mean was on average driving 30 minutes between between kiddos like there were some kids that I could cluster and then I would have a chunk of admin time. So then I would do like a little bit of admin on a Monday or a Friday. Um, I work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays typically. And so at that point I started looking at office spaces and finding that everything was so expensive and knowing that I didn't want to work more. My goal is not to hire at this point because like I said, I, I, I want less responsibility in some ways, you know, and I wanted less hours and control over my schedule. So I kind of was, you know, worried, am I going to be in this place where I'm not feeling like I had still, I still didn't feel like I had great balance. Cause like I said, you know, getting home and then putting kettle down and cooking dinner and all that. And then I felt like I had to prep and pack for my next therapy day. And it was, I mean, it was an hour of work every night and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to come home and eat popcorn and watch TV. So yeah. 
Um, yeah, so I was kind of feeling, I guess, kind of hopeless about the office situation just because it's so expensive in my area. And then I was talking to um, an old coworker of mine who had started a private practice and she was wor uh, working out of a daycare center. She was renting space from them. And so she really encouraged me, like, think outside the box. It might not be, you know, your own office building. What do you need? And um, so I started looking at kind of some non-traditional. So I looked at private schools a little bit, subleasing from a physical therapist is another thing I looked at. And then I ended up contacting a Montessori school that I was seeing a kiddo at. And, and I knew that they were moving into a new building. And so... I, I literally just offhandedly texted her and said, hey, do you think that you guys will have any space in your, um, in your new area for me? Or do you know of any other school that would maybe have a space to accommodate a speech therapist? And she's like, yep, I think we do have space. And I was like, oh my goodness. So um, that kind of fell into my lap, which was, I'm so grateful for it. And so- and It the fell into your lap, but you created yeah. <laughs> an opportunity. Right. But it was just, it, it was, it felt very random that yeah. with the timing of their move and everything. So I went and toured the, the area and it was a very unfinished, literally a site of a barn because this Montessori school is kind of like on a farm. They have goats and an alpaca and chickens. It's really neat. And they do a lot of, um, a lot of the school days spent outdoors. And so they have a main schoolhouse and then they have two barn areas. So this was a completely unfinished area but it had its own exterior door and it had a nice light in it and it, it's small, but it's really all I needed. I didn't see myself needing a secretary or any of that sort of thing. Just a one woman show. So I ended up um, with my husband, we refinished the space, we installed lights, we painted. Talk about life being crazy, you know, I'm working on an office space on the weekend, but it was completely affordable. It's an it's a natural referral source. The other great thing is, is I have community again at work. I have coworkers and I get to eat lunch with people if I want. I can pop out and say hi to the kids. So it's been just a, a, a really big blessing for me that I found this. Well, just in hearing your story, that something is always kind of coming next for you. And in, in it's either something that you've laid some groundwork for, whether like knowingly or not. Um, yeah. But I love that you're letting these opportunities happen for you, right? And in some ways, seeking some things out, but in others, just being like ready and open to possibilities yeah. as they arise. Yeah. One thing that I, that I find helpful is just always reverting back to, you know, what's the reason behind all, behind all of this? The reason is to feel more balanced, to work less hours, to have control, to be home more and be a mom more. So going private was the initial reason. And then it took me a while and I, I think I slowly took steps, but now I'm feeling like I'm at this place. I get to work, I do my job. <laughs> I clock out at 4.45 and then I get to be home and be mom. And I'm not doing any work at home and it, it just feels really, really good. Yeah. And you can have that popcorn and watch TV. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So so you mentioned that the Montessori, you get some referrals from the school. Um, where else, if anywhere, do you get referrals from? So I'm just starting to get families that are finding me because of Google searches. And it's so exciting. That's like, it's a new development for me. But I always ask families, you know, how did you hear from me? And for a while, it was um, through the co-op, I would get referrals. And then 
Um, another good referral source for me has been um, listserv. So there's, in particular, there's an Apraxia listserv that you, um, Apraxia Kids, I think that's the formal name of the website. So I had to um, complete some, I guess, paperwork or testing to, to show that I have knowledge working with that population. And I've had several families that have called me that have said, we saw you on this listserv. Um, we know that you know how to work with kids with apraxia. So that, that's been a surprise. And I encourage everyone to seek out um, those lists because they're just available and, and willing um, uh, for you to be added to them. And then, um, yeah, Google has been a new thing, which is so exciting because I feel like I, you know, I've talked about or worked on my search engine optimization. And again, by Googling what is search engine optimization? <laughs> listening to a few podcasts on it um and you know you put this work in you put this work in and you're kind of doubting that it's really gonna help and it finally is so that's really exciting to get be getting referrals from people that I have no connection with at all that are just finding me on the internet so right and they're actively looking for speech therapy services for their child right yeah and right. one of the things that's great about our profession is that even though we feel like in in certain geographic areas, there is more competition, but like speech pathology private practices are so fewer in number as compared mm -hmm. to say law firms or accountants or Mexican yeah. restaurants or, you know, whatever that are really having to work hard for like really good SEO, search engine optimization. Mm -hmm. if, if speech pathologists even put in a little effort, yeah, then your site can come up first or in the on the first page of google uh, compared to maybe some of your other competitors even if you just do like a little bit of work and uh -huh. it's worth it and it's worth yeah. that to pay off because most people these days don't like keep going in google searches right you kind of look at the first page and hopefully you find sure. what you're looking for and if not you know maybe you move on but you mentioned something else which is really important which are um listservs or directories mm -hmm. yes and getting yourself listed on things and especially you know there are certain parents that are looking for specific you know yeah. methods or tools or whatever and if your name appears on that thing and sometimes it's like you know you pay for a certification for something and then that's how you get your name on there mm -hmm. or whatever a variety of reasons that is also worth figuring out what some of those directories and listservs are and making sure that you're on it because you don't never know who's going to be searching and when. And if you're not on there, well, someone else might be, right? I heard a yeah. Yeah, I heard a quote recently I loved, which is opportunities don't go away, they go to someone else. <laughs> right? So uh -huh. making sure that you have that website and those directories are really, really important. Yeah, 100%. I had a family who, who saw me over the summer that was driving from Seattle. And, you know, I was trying to, I'm telling this family, you know, surely there's got to be a speech therapist that's closer to you guys. I don't want you to be driving this far every week. But they were insistent. No, you know how to work with the kids with apraxia. And so finally, I just stopped working with her about it. Happy to see your child. But just so you know, there might be some other speech therapists that know about this too that just aren't on this list. But for her, that just was reassuring, I think, to her. Totally. Yeah. So, so it sounds like you're in a really good place right now in terms of the amount that you're working mm -hmm. and the 
balance that you found, which was your original intention in the first place. So mm-hmm. good for you for having a why and then creating a job and a position for yourself that would make that work. Yeah, feels so, good. Props yeah. to you for that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So my next question is, um, where do you go from here? Do you, do you stay in this nice, comfortable zone? Are you thinking, you know, about growing at all? Or are you just happy where you are? Yeah, so I think kind of my next step would be possibly seeing a few more kiddos. I have, you know, referrals coming in steadily, I would say. I have room for a few more kids at this point within my three-day work schedule. And to be honest, I kind of am liking just having time right now to take a breath. Feels really good. And I want to enjoy my two-year-old while she's still young and have time to be with her. So I think for right now, I'm feeling good with that. And I, I kind of am just trying to live season to season right now. Like what's good for my family in this season? And we're not sure if we want to have more children at this point. And so just kind of yeah, thinking about what's happening right now. Am I feeling happy with it? And who knows? I mean, maybe down the road, I would want to look into some different opportunities, but for right now, it feels good to just breathe a little bit. (laughs) That makes me so happy, right? I love hearing, and I can hear it like in your voice, Mm -hmm. that you just are content with where you are, right? You're serving your community but you're also serving your family. And how beautiful is that? Yeah, it feels good. We now meet remotely because we're all so busy, but we still meet, we call it the speech therapist co-op. And we still meet once a month. And that's been really good too. I love that I have community at my work right now, but it's still so nice to have other speech therapists that you can bounce ideas off of. Sometimes we have an OT join, we've had um, a BCBA join before. That's been also just, so fulfilling for me and, and helpful for, for me as a professional to make sure that I don't stay on this island. Yeah. So really encourage anyone that's out there to try and create one of those. Even if you meet remotely, you don't even have to live next to each other. Technology is amazing. We're chatting now from across the country. So yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's, I think it's all about the accountability and support from people who are yeah at the same stage or maybe even like a little bit ahead of you. And Mm -hmm. then, I mean, I don't know if you've had anyone else like join your group since then, but think of all the, the mentoring and whatnot that you could do with new people slash like, that's what the whole purpose of this podcast is, right? Think Mm -hmm. of all of the thousands of people who will listen to this episode and you'll be able to have shared your story with them because I know that there are people listening right now who want a situation that is exactly what you described and you just laid out a roadmap of exactly how you got there, which is amazing. Yeah. And I mean, retelling it, it's crazy because it just, it does feel very surreal from where I started to where I am now. So I'm really grateful. Well, and I am just so proud of you for having, you know, done this and saying yes. Like, think of those, um, like, kind of if-then situations, right? Where, like, you know, you you hadn't either hooked up with your your SLP uh, support group people, right? Or, and mm-hmm. this maybe had happened, and maybe you would have still been been happy at the nonprofit and 
in doing that. But like, how cool is it that your life took this turn and is in this really balanced place? I think there's a lot of people who want exactly that. And, and that's what you have, which is amazing. Oh, well, thank you. Cool. <laughs> so, are there any other like tips or lessons or anything like that, um, that you want to share before we wrap up? I mean, there's so many lessons, but I, I think being credentialed with insurance was a very anxiety pro- provoking experience for me. And I'm only paneled with, with three insurance providers right now, which again, feels great. I'm not going to push it at this point. Um, but just to not be scared of insurance companies. And, and like I said, if a claim gets tonight, it's not the end of the world. You can figure it out. Um, like right now, a new thing for me is billing, um, secondary insurance. It's, and it's been a learning process and I bang my head against the wall a little bit, but I haven't had a meltdown over it. It's okay. (laughs) Like I will get paid for the claim eventually. It's okay. Yeah. So for people that are in that position, it's okay. And you can call them and that's what they're there for is to help you. So. Yeah. And everything is figure outable. Yes, exactly. That's another quote that I love from Marie Forleo, right? Everything is figure outable, yes. whether it's insurance or um, office space or figuring out your hours and referrals and all of that kind of stuff. If Carmen can do it, you can do it too. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Carmen, for being yes, a guest and for sharing your story. And I wish you the very best of luck with your private practice. Thank you so much, Jenna. All right. Take care. You too. Bye bye. I hope that you enjoyed that episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. I was so struck by how balanced it sounds like Carmen's life is, right? She designed this private practice around her life so that she could spend more time with her daughter. How beautiful is that? After we stopped recording, um, she and I kept talking a while longer, and she said something else that I just love. She said, you know, Jenna, I could be growing. I could be really killing it, especially if I saw more nighttime hours, right? I could be seeing kids at six and seven and eight o'clock at night after school, but I don't want to do that. I want to be home with my family. I want to be able to have that popcorn and watch TV. And I think that's great, right? She knows what her priorities are and she's designing her life around those priorities. And if that's something that you are interested in doing, please reach out to me and let's figure out how we can help you get started. The best way to learn how to do this is to watch my free webinar where I teach you everything you need to know to start a private practice and the five steps included to starting your practice and three big mistakes to avoid when getting started. You can sign up for this free training at www.startyourprivatepractice.com backslash webinar. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I hope to see you on the webinar. Take care. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independentclinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.